Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's story from camp, I'm going to be sharing my cabins with you, rustic as they were, and also some of my very favorite campers. If you've had your own camp experience, then I hope this summer is helping you to just remember some of those fun and amazing times that you had, things that are just like nothing else in the world. I mean, camp is its own little universe, and it's just so different than anything else. If you haven't experienced camp, then I hope you've been living vicariously through me and my experiences. I want to talk today about my cabins, because For you to really understand my experiences these first few years, actually for most of my years at camp, you have to understand how um, rustic it was. It was an old camp, and those first couple years, it was especially rustic. You learn how much you don't need, and maybe you have a different kind of camp experience. Some of these camps that you can spend the summer at are lovely, and they have like paved pathways and fully functioning, you know, bathrooms in each cabin. And it's all just lovely. And you just happen to be outdoors. But this one was kind of like a missionary boot camp. If you were going to go prepare to be missionaries to some third world country, I mean, it was rustic. So my first impression as I drove into this camp was just kind of like, wow, um, okay. It was all right there in one little area, minus the older kids' ridge camp. I think I mentioned before it was off in the woods. But for the most part, it was right there. And you were looking at eight, maybe 12 little cinder block buildings that were kind of scattered in a semicircle around a larger dining hall. All of them painted this strange khaki color, almost like an army barracks brown, just very, like, dull. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, barracksy. So my first cabin that very first summer was this very small cinder block building. It had open rafters when you looked up, which wasn't always a good thing because there was all kinds of critters that liked to live up in those rafters from bees to spiders to moths to whatever. And they were just, you just couldn't get to them because they were just that far up in the air. And there was this kind of rough hand poured concrete floor. I think these cabins probably had been around since the 50s maybe the 60s. So they were they were older cabins. My bathroom, such as it was, it was a toilet and a sink with a door. And the door was handmade. Somebody had made it at some point in time. It didn't really exactly shut. There was not really a doorknob slash like latch for it to close. So there was just this big painted rock that you kind of just shoved in front of the door after you went in so that it wouldn't open. And everyone knew that you were in there. There was um, just cold water in the one little tiny old-fashioned sink. And the toilet made a very strange squish sound when you sat on it. Every time. Squish. It's lovely. And yet there in that little rustic cabin with bugs and dirt and heat and like the windows, they, they were like these old metal frame windows that kind of like sort of push out and like push back in kind of a thing. They kind of tilted a little bit and you got a little bit of airflow if you were lucky. But there was no ceiling fans. There was no nothing like that. Who needs that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, you know, you can survive just fine in Michigan without that kind of stuff. So <sighs> I loved that cabin. 
I had this kind of dilapidated mattress on a double size bed. Somebody had thought it was a good idea to donate these big, like, framed, like, they were like log, like log beds to camp. But then they had these, like, kind of like sketchy little mattresses on them. So that was my bed. I had this bed. I had a, an old dresser that kind of openly sometimes opened and closed. And then I had my little metal bunk beds that the girls slept on. <laughs> we made it work. It was great. It was fine. It turned into home. You put a rug down, a little lamp. You got your CD player with your music. That's all you need. I had a little fan. It was it was good enough. It was great. And I loved it. And I didn't mind at all. You just get used to with what you got. And I did not mind at all. My parents came to visit me halfway through the summer after having just dropped my brother off at one of the aforementioned camps with like the concrete beautiful walkways and the manicured lawns and the air-conditioned cabins. And they had never been to this camp before because I had just gotten in my car and driven there when it started. And so they came to visit me half of the summer and they were horrified. <laughs> they were shocked. In fact, my mom said, if you hadn't come running up to us looking so tan and healthy and happy, like I would have just packed you up and taken you home because it was it's sketchy. I mean, like it really was just rustic, just old and rustic and old and small. Anyway, my second summer, I somehow managed to procure one of the double cabins. So this was just like twice as big, which basically meant you could just fit twice as many girls inside. But it did have a nice bathroom. It had a regular door that shut and even locked. And it had a sink and it had a toilet. It was larger. You had more room in there. I had my whole little cubby space. Like I had a whole section of the cabin that was just mine. And that was lovely. Same awkward bed, but nice dresser, little end table, place to put my rug out. It was, it was good. It's good stuff. The thing I love about camp is just how it doesn't matter how much you don't have. It's just... I love it. I love how you just realize you don't need all the stuff we have. Like we just, you just learn to live without and to live happily without. Years later, when I would come back as program staff, I had this tiny bedroom in this building that they used to house the high school girls. And it basically just fit my twin size bed. I had a little tiny end table next to my bed. And I had a dresser down at the end of the bed that you could barely get the doors open. And that was it. And that was my bedroom. There was no ceiling. So I could hear up into the rafters that the other girls were doing in the other room and kind of keep them um, under wraps and hopefully in their cabin when they're supposed to be and stuff like that. Once again, I didn't need anything else. You have everything you need and you just go with it and you just, you just roll with it. And I loved that about camp. I loved it. It's funny how I think back on those cabins and almost instantly these little faces start filtering into my mind. And that first year, camp was not very big at all. I think the most kids I ever had in my cabin was maybe six. That first year, I think I could probably fit like 10. But I don't think, I think most of my weeks were about four or five kids. Like we just did not have very many campers. There was weeks that we would have two counselors in a cabin with like four or five campers because it was just a small camp. It was just starting to kind of start over again. They had a new director and things were starting to pick up again. But it was just, I kind of came at kind of a, a dead time. Like they were just really not. There's not a whole lot going on there. And it really slowly grew as I was there. It was not a huge camp ever. But I think about these little girls and I think about just our times together. Um, I was like the strict mean cabin leader. And the one next door to me, who I was actually glad I did not have her cabin. Even though my toilet went squish, her cabin always smelled like poo. And years later, if they found out there was some kind of a, like a leak in the sewage system underneath or whatever. But anyway, I had a squishy toilet, but my toilet did not smell like poo. My cabinet smelled like poo. It was great. 
but she was like the non-strict one. And I was the strict one that made my girls go to bed. And I remember like the beginning of this one week, I, my girls were so mad at me. Rachel's so much nicer than you. Like I wish she was my cabin leader. You're so mean. You're so strict. Blah, 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 blah. And I was, I was more strict. I mean, I'm going to bed. I made them do the things. It was time. Well, by the end of the week, Rachel's girls are like crying because they're so exhausted from just not getting any sleep and just like eating all this candy. And they're just like a mess. And my girls are looking at me going, thanks for the rules. We appreciate that. (laughs) But I'm, oh my gosh, I just think back to myself and my skirts and my hair, just trying to figure out life. And at the same time, I'm trying to like guide these young ladies through this week of camp. And I don't know. I don't know if I did the right thing sometimes. Like I know I was super, super into this whole like, you can have a relationship with God, have these amazing experiences with him. And my heart was in the right place, but I just, I just wonder, like, did they go away with an actual relationship with God? Did they go away feeling like if they didn't have these things happen, then they weren't actually living with God? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I wonder about it. But we had fun. We had this goofy tradition, which the camp had picked up back when it was, you know, maybe a little bit bigger, but it's still small. And on Friday nights, you could kind of pick what you wanted to do as like this special, like sneak out with your cabin. And so the kids thought we were actually sneaking out, but really everything was just planned. And they would hide a box of snacks for you somewhere around camp where we wanted to sneak out to. And so I would always sneak out with my girls to the archery or the BB gun range in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like it's dark. We're like sneaking through the woods and everyone's like screaming and holding on to each other with this little flashlight. And I just have so many fun memories of that. Just sitting out there in this little pavilion, like eating our snacks and listening to the deer and the raccoons crunch through the woods and just just good times. Just really, really good times. My second year with my bigger cabin, I ended up having more girls. I think the biggest group I had was like 12. And I managed to lose two of them one time. Uh, they like to be called Pickles and Mustard. This was their nicknames. They were unique little creatures. And um, they, I lost, I mean, I didn't even know they were gone, honestly. Like we were just so busy doing all these things and all of a sudden they just showed up in the middle of skit time. And I was like, where were you? oh, we were taking a shower. I mean, just like, and I was like, oh, I didn't know where they were for like an hour. Oops. And, <laughs> ah, good tough. Or how about the young ladies? There was these sisters I had in my cabin and they were obsessed with frogs. There's all these little tiny tree frogs all around that week and they were everywhere and they had caught a whole bunch of them and put them in these cups and they wanted to keep them in the cabin. And I was like, no, nope, hard no. We are not keeping tiny frogs in our cabin. You must let them go in the woods so they can grow up to be nice big tree frogs. And, you know, we, it's good that you caught them, but now we're going to let them go. And they were so angry. Like, and they just looked at me with these faces. And I should have known. I should have known they were up to something. But I didn't. I went on my day. I'm walking through camp later on. And I look over and I'm like, that looks like my bra. And I went over and I picked it up and it was my bra. Was, That's weird. And I keep walking. I'm like, oh, those my underwear? And pretty soon I realized that my bras and underwear are all over camp because these little girls who I wouldn't let them keep their frogs had decided to raid my drawers, pull out my underwear and bras and throw them all over camp. So I am running around camp collecting my undergarments. I am super grumpy, really irritated. And I storm into the nurse's office with this handful of bras and panties. I'm saying, you would not believe what just happened to me. And I look up and the camp director's single handsome brother was sitting there in the middle of the nurse's station with this like awkwardly amused smile on his face as I'm waving my bras and undies in the air. 
yes, homeschooled me, just about died. Like literally, I don't even know. I just like slunk out the door. So embarrassed. <laughs> oh, but these are those memories, these things that happen, it's amazing. But then for all those crazy stuff that happens, you have these moments of beauty. And there was this little girl and she had come to camp. Actually, she was in the crazy cabin the year that my girls were mad at me for being strict and then thankful. And then the next year when I was in my bigger cabin, she was in my cabin. And I knew she kind of had a reputation for being difficult. She was not easy. She had quite a bit of attitude and just lots of drama. But I remember that we just, we just bonded. And she started telling me her story. And her story was so hard and so sad. And as she was honest and open to me about just sad things that she'd been through, my heart just broke for her. And I just loved her. And I think she knew that. And even though she was still kind of a punk and she was still had attitude and still had drama, like she was better. And I felt like we had connected. It was really beautiful. And then Saturday morning came, the kids are leaving and she just like leaves. Like she doesn't even say goodbye. Like usually the kids will give you a hug or say, you know, thanks for the week or whatever. And she just literally just walks out the door and leaves. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm sitting there at my picnic table. I'm starting to do the evaluations for the, for the week for each kid. And all of a sudden I hear running feet and I turn around and she's just running back at me and she flings her arms around my neck. I'm going to cry. It's talking about this. She flings her arms around my neck and she gives me this big hug and she looks up my eyes and she says, I love you. I said, I love you too. (laughs) And that was the last time I saw her. And for every one of those like difficult campers, you have the stories like this that just touch your heart. I think anybody who's ever done camp is going to tell you like, these kids changed me. They changed the way I see things. The the love that I was able to have for them, the love that they gave me, just, huh, it's powerful. It's really, really powerful. And I just love camp. I loved camp. I love those summers there. And I continued to come back. So I had my first two summers as a counselor. My third summer of camp, I had a whole bunch of other stuff going on. I was moving actually out of my parents' house. And um, so I only had like, actually, no, I'd already moved. I was in the Oh, I haven't told you guys those stories before. <laughs> um, I had moved. I was a nanny. I was going to college. I left that job because it was um, difficult. And I was about to move into my aunt and uncle's house where I was going to be their nanny for the rest of my college experience. And so I only had like this three-week window of time to give to camp. So I came for like three weeks and just volunteered. And then the following summer, I was the first program staff they ever had. The summer after that, I became the Oasis coordinator. And the summer after that, I actually got married to a boy that I met at camp. And we will tell that story at the end of this Stories from Camp season this summer. So save those last two weeks because that's going to be my love story if you want to hear it. It's a pretty great one. I mean, I might be a little biased, but it's pretty awesome. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Love these camp stories, campers and cabins. And until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.